0: This is Indie Live Radio and it's time for our weekly Yes Group Spotlight. And this week the spotlight is on Yes Edinburgh West. Recently the Yes Edinburgh West group organised an online meeting to look at recent developments towards establishing a national organisation for the Scottish independence movement. The speakers are Andrew Wilson from All Under One banner who'll be uh, giving a bit of an update about a possible national membership organisation possibly to be called Yes Alba. And also we hear from Lindsay McCrae of Yes Edinburgh and Lothians and Lindsay will be talking about the national Yes network. Lindsay is joined by Sharon Trish who also talks a bit about the Yes network. So live Radio, very grateful to Edinburgh West for letting us share the audio from this meeting and we hope you enjoy it. Here it is.
1: I'll just uh, begin and welcome uh, everybody to the first meeting, the first ever Zoom meeting of, yes, Edinburgh West. Anyway, many of us uh, over this uh, last uh, few months have had a sort of anxiety about the apparent lack of preparation and progress towards F 2, although, of course, COVID has had a major distracting effect. I think I've also had a, an anxiety about a lack of a pro-independence campaign group, you know, if you like, a Yes Scotland group that's not party political, you know, there's a plethora of local Yes groups of which this is one. Uh, We've got the Women for Independence, the Pensioners and so on. I'm also in NHS for Yes. Uh, But in addition to that, we've got one or two national groups. The Believe in Scotland group, which is a a Gordon McIntyre campus group, which is a branch of Business for Scotland. Then there's the Independence Convention with our Voices for Scotland offshoot. But basically, I've been feeling for the last six months that nobody has been overall leading the sort of non-party yes campaign uh, into eventually the the referendum the sort of no go-to group for the you know the media to go to or whatever and then suddenly in the last month perhaps in the last yeah in the last month two new interesting developments have occurred first of all uh andrew here andrew wilson from who's a member locally, both of the SNP and the Yes Group, and also is with uh, All Under One Banner. Uh, He and All Under One Banner have been instrumental in setting up the assemblies, uh, with the aim to set up a member organisation, a little bit modelled on the Welsh Yes Cymru um, organisation, which has been increasing its membership massively in Wales. And uh, at the same time as that was going on, um, uh, Lindsay uh, McRae here, uh, perhaps for a much longer time in fact, has been building the Edinburgh and Lothian's network of YES groups. And I can't remember how many, or he'll tell us how many uh, groups, including YES Pentlands and YES Edinburgh West and and so on, uh, Edinburgh North and Leith and so on, have joined that. And then A number of us have been involved in setting up a a national uh, YES network. I see uh, some of the prime movers of that, or at least one of the prime movers of that in the audience, uh, Sharon, Trish. And um, so that has been, if you like, creating a, a YES movement in an opposite direction. Now, are these two approaches, if you like, setting up the S-Membership yes organisation and setting up the network, are they in conflict or are they complementary? I I think the, the latter. But anyway, our speakers are going to tell us, first of all, about, in turn, each of these ventures, and then it's going to be open to discuss it. Anyway, the first speaker is going to be Andrew Wilson uh, from All Under One Banner. Andrew.
2: Ian, thank you very much. Uh, and as you said, the, I, I'm, there's a, some sort of circularity going on here uh, insofar as I, I spoke to this group on the 3rd of March, and here I am again. Uh, I'm, I'm all, it, it, if nothing else, it proves I'm always happy to speak to this group, uh, but I hope, I, I hope that I'm not the only, the only entertainment you get this year uh, and that we can get someone better. Anyway, uh, first of all, I had better make it plain that I'm not speaking on behalf of all under one banner this evening nor am i speaking on behalf of a, an as yet unconstituted organization which might in due course amount to a national membership organization as part of the yes movement this evening i'm speaking for myself uh, however as you may be aware i have been closely involved in the recent events which have given rise to the demand for a national membership organization to be established uh, i'm not going to use powerpoint i'm not going to use any slideware. no focus groups nothing fancy or technical i'm just going to speak and then I'll listen and then I'll answer questions if I can. Uh, for full disclosure, I'm a member of the SNP and as I'm and as I say, I'm one of the small number of organisers of the All Under One Banner group. Uh, as you know, All Under One Banner is a, is a small grassroots organisation which has established the reputation of arranging marches and rallies on the streets of towns and cities across Scotland. Except, of course, that during the time of COVID, it has hardly been able to do any of those things at all. When we were at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, I mean, all under one banner hosted a meeting in the real world, not on Zoom or Hopin. That meeting, which was called Assembly, brought just under 100 representatives from YES organisations and others interested together for an afternoon in Bath Street in Glasgow to discuss independence, and to talk about All Under One Banner's operations. It was felt at the time to have been a success, and George Keravan wrote some very nice words the following day in the National. But of course, we haven't been able to implement any of the product of that meeting because there haven't been any marches this year. So All Under One Banner hosted their first assembly, and shortly thereafter, we had to postpone all of the marches. And just like every other organization, we had to pivot to this new online world. So we have been organizing regular talks on Zoom with writers and artists and politicians and others from across the movement. We organized and broadcast online keylings. We've participated in joint Zoom calls with Yes Cymru and Yes for Unity, which is an Irish campaign group for a border poll there. In saying all of that, I'm making a number of points here. specifically I'm asserting that All Under One Banner is grassroots, uh, that it is flexible uh, and that it innovates in response to changing circumstances and that it just gets on and makes things happen. I'm not for one second suggesting that All Under One Banner is perfect but it has, some have said, done a great deal to keep the independence movement going after 2014, and it has a track record of bringing many thousands of people together, whatever the weather, for happy, inclusive events, which encourage and strengthen the Yes movement. Now, as All Under One Banner organized through the summer months this year and lockdown was eased, we were able to organize some very small events, static rallies, we call them, and we are hoping to hold one more in Edinburgh next month if we can. My point, my point in mentioning these is, is threefold, really. All Under one, one Banner persisted in looking for ways to mobilize and motivate the movement. It was able to think very hard and come up with a method of holding such small events uh, uh, to wh- and in, a, in a manner and a way to which nobody but a couple of, frankly, rubbish journalists could ever object. Uh, indeed, Leslie Ruddick uh, described them as better organized than any outside broadcast she'd ever worked on given that she worked for the BBC mainly, I'm not absolutely sure that's a compliment, but I'm going to take it anyway. And All Under One Banner was able to to build on the good work uh, already done with Police Scotland to make sure that they were as happy as possible with what was going on. So All Under One Banner demonstrated that it was able to act quickly and act responsibly. But then the lockdowns and restrictions began again and the static rallies started to be canceled. But the ones which had gone ahead had brought a number, not a huge number, but had brought a number of folks together. And as we know, when indie minded folks gather, things can happen. Now, separate from but parallel to the recent timeline that I've just described, it was also in our minds that it was now more than six months since the First Assembly, which had been in February, and maybe we should get on and organise another one. So we kicked the plans around and came up with a structure of two events on consecutive weekends online in November. As we were beginning to plan the event, we were hearing from a number of different directions that there was a growing demand for a national membership organization. Now, personally, I think that in part is because of awareness of the success of Yes Cymru, with whom all under one banner, as I've said, has been collaborating for some time. And of course, yes, Cymru is a national membership organization. I also think that there is a growing clamor for action in terms of getting organized for 2021, which may prove to be a very important year. So it was decided that the agenda for the online assembly would include discussion and debate about a national membership organization. That took place with around 600 people present on Saturday the 14th of November. And at the end of that online meeting, those present were polled and 75% voted in favour of establishing a national membership organisation for the Yes Movement. Uh, I should also say in passing, it's uh, not in passing, I think it's worth noting that of that 600 or so people, uh, the registrations that we could see included more than 150 Yes Groups uh, and also a further 70 other independence organisations such as Pensioners for India uh, NHS for India and others. So more than 200 groups, of whom 150 were yes, organisations were there and participating. Now, having seen that voting, 75% in favour, frankly, there was nothing else to do but to make the second part of the online assembly, which took place the day before yesterday, last Sunday, all about setting up such an organisation. So that is what happened at the meeting. And in the course of the meeting, there was a vote uh, in favor of establishing a national membership organization. The first steps of that are now underway. Nominations for those to serve on the inaugural national committee are being sought and elections to that committee will come together. Sorry, that's not quite right. And so elections for that inaugural national committee will take place over the following seven days after nominations close And at the end of that process, the result of the elections will be made public and the national membership and the inaugural committee will come together to get started. The broad plan is to seek to launch the new national membership organisation on the 1st of January, 2021. Now, you can tell that there is a lot of work to be done in a very short period of time. But I think with hard work and some assistance, we we think we will get there. Now, that's the background to what to how we have got here. I should also say that thanks to the networking skills of Leslie Riddich uh, and others, we have also met each week with, if I may call them this, the midwives who have been seeking to establish the National Yes Network. And in my view, uh, those meetings have been both positive and helpful. Now, I'd like to speak briefly about why I think a national membership organization is a good thing. And I would say inevitably, and you'll excuse me, but inevitably it is coloured by my experiences with All Under One Banner. I see a national membership organisation as a very vertical organisation, very vertical, albeit one with a very flat organisation at the top or in the middle. But I'll not labour the point about that because that will just confuse people. By vertical, I see it as being intended to do two things. Although, of course, I recognize entirely it isn't completely up to the members what it is that the organization does or does not do. I see it as being able to mobilize people quickly, whether for marches or demos or simply responding to events such as an unexpected visit by Johnson. So the ability to get a message out directly to members and to act is important. Now, that's very much a, to my mind. That's a communicating that way vertically. But I I think the, uh, but in the other direction, I see it as a means to give a much greater voice to the grassroots. An organization of any real size will be a very powerful political vehicle. And I think it will be all the more powerful if it has the joining together and the amplification of the voices of all of its members as its core purpose. Now, I'll speculate a little further in light of some of the conversations that I've had, but this is absolutely only speculation and I am not seeking to influence or speak on behalf of an organization that doesn't even exist yet. Uh, I think that there is merit in considering the possibility of using a national membership organization as the front door to the established YES network. What that means is that uh, a simple national organisation which welcomes people in, uh, ideally those being weaponed in would be triaged, by which I mean we would ask them at that stage if they simply wanted to be members and had a card in their wallet or purse, or if they wanted to do more, or if they wanted to train or be more active or take responsibility for, uh, for uh, operations. We would try and triage them a little bit. Now, I recognise that's, that's I'm maybe getting ahead of myself. and we need to get this organisation up and running first. But I can can see that it is important and there is merit in using a single national membership organisation as a welcoming, as a a front door, as a welcoming uh, portal uh, to the YES network. And that as part of the process of triage or of welcoming a person to the national membership organisation, they are directed to their local YES group and any other Yes groups that they might be interested in. Uh, uh, And also, I should say, on top of that, uh, I can see a role potentially there for a revitalized national Yes registry app as being important in making that journey work. As I understand it, uh, the concern with that app at the moment is it's not being used and there's no traffic over it, and that's why it's not working. Uh, So if this was a way to give it life, uh, by rewiring a little bit at one end of it, then I think that would be a good thing, not least because we wouldn't be building anything new from scratch. We would be reusing resources and hard work that's already been done. What I should also, what I also want to say, and again, this is my perspective, is that it is n- that a national membership organization is not intended to be in conflict with anybody. Uh, as an example of that, uh, I remember that the all under one banner. Uh, web page has at the very front the National Yes Registry's map. It's about the second thing you see on the website. And so all of the, and we have All Under One Banner organisers who are trainers for the National Yes Registry app. And so we have always uh, supported that organisation explicitly and wholeheartedly and see it as being important to continue to do so. Uh, all Under One Banner has tried very hard to work productively and successfully with Yes Groups and has done, done so from time to time. Uh, in particular, I'm thinking of the uh, march in Campbellton uh, and also the march that was being planned for Elgin, and in particular for the, both those events, the local yes groups were absolutely fundamental to the, 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 every aspect of what was being planned. So uh, I, I should say in terms of uh, uh, not being in conflict, uh, I don't think that there is the possibility of a conflict with the Scottish Independence Convention because it is not a membership organisation. It is, an affili- it is an affiliation organisation for other organisations to come together. Uh, and I don't see that there is a conflict uh, with uh, Believe in Scotland. Uh, it currently is configured largely as a, as a very successful and large but a discussion group on Facebook. Uh, and uh, whilst Gordon may have plans to develop it, but at the moment there is no indication of those plans publicly. So it is, our, it is the intention of this national membership, membership organisation to promote unity, uh, and to promote communication for the grassroots, and to promote mobilisation, uh, and that—that that is the—that is intended to be the sum total of it. Now, I think I've said more than enough, uh, so I'll be quiet now, uh, and I'll let Ian take control of the meeting. Uh, and in due course, if there are questions, we can deal with that.
1: Many thanks, Andrew. Um, that was very helpful. Uh, one at one point, there have been a couple of points uh, just already in the chat. Somebody said, "Can we not get all the members from Yes Scotland?" Well, Yes Scotland was dissolved on the day of uh, the, the referendum or the day after the referendum, and no uh, no information is available. I suspect it would have had uh, um, data protection implications as well, but uh, unfortunately, uh, Yes Scotland everything vanished uh one day after the referendum um out of interest i don't know i was distracted because various people were having difficulty in getting on to zoom uh, during the talk but um when people join this organisation are they going to they're going to get a a membership card are they are they going to get anything else is we free based
2: Yes, yes. So uh, I, I, again, the, the organisation is, isn't even constituted yet. But to my mind, uh, I, I know from conversations that there are people who value having a, a membership card in their pocket or their wallet. Uh, they, they see value in that, they see belonging in that. And so that is certainly something that we will do. I think one other thing that we should do is speak to Gordon McIntyre Kemp and give everyone the small version of Scotland the Brief. Uh, that's partially because it's very good. Uh, But also because, as we know, in Wales, uh, independence in your pocket, which has been published by Plaid Cymru, uh, has been very successful. Uh, And again, people uh, value that kind of that kind of thing. Uh, In this digital world in which we are operating at the moment, I think there is the distinct possibility of offering training uh, uh, to people, uh, uh, either to to individuals or to yes groups uh, in the use of Zoom, in the use of Hopin, in the use of other platforms that we use. Uh, I think there is the opportunity to offer, uh, again, at the moment, online content to people, uh, be it more interesting and better hosted Zoom talks or uh, collaborations. We know that SIC is hosting a, a, an entertainment evening in a week or two. Uh, so there's always plenty of opportunities for that. So, yes, it's important and I, oh, and I, I suspect there would, have, there would be a discount in the shop as well. Uh, so, yes, we need to, uh, there needs to be an offering. People need to know what they're getting for their money. And the intention certainly is that they would they would get something.
1: Yeah, I guess I probably could benefit from the the training in Zoom. But That's anyway, it. thanks very much, Andrew. Uh, we'll move on to Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, uh, I've already uh, told you is is the the coordinator for Yes Edinburgh and Lothians, and he, as well as myself, have been attending uh, the meetings and setting up the national Yes Regist- um network uh, which uh, Sharon Trish is one of, uh, who's in the audience, is one of the, uh, as Andrew put it, the midwives uh, of that organisation. Uh, Lindsay?
3: Uh, thanks Ian uh, and hello everybody. Uh, uh, my my comments are not going to be as detailed and deep as uh, Andrew's have been uh, because uh, other than being involved with the setting up of this new uh, organization, new new national YES network. uh, My whole world revolves around being in YES anyway. Uh, Groups are part of that, but not the whole thing. You'll probably get that drift when uh, when I read what I've written. Thank you for your opportunity uh, to talk to you about this new YES group. Uh, The National Yes Network. Every new group generates a level of interest and excitement, particularly one such as this one for the Yes Movement. So I'll start with the good news, which is, as of last weekend, the National Yes Network has been formed. Now, you may well ask what this new group is all about and why people think it's necessary. Fair enough. But first, let me indulge in my loose version of history about how we are, where we are today, on the independence journey. During the campaign for Scottish independence leading up to the referendum in 2014, the movement that came to be called YES grew from very small beginnings, probably over a couple of inspiring drinks in an unknown pub by unknown people in a very well known country. After the tragedy of the referendum result, everyone thought the Yes movement would disappear and be forgotten, just a blip not big enough to register on the important scale that was fired up by the sheer joyful engagement for the common cause and independent Scotland. Many of you will remember the drive and generated expectation of that time with fondness meeting with and working with total strangers, learning new skills in what was for many the totally alien field of politics. It was for me anyway. But all united utterly in the belief that this was Scotland's time to go forward with the next step following the reconvening of our parliament in 1999 by Winnie Ewing. Early in those proceedings, it was clear things were taking a big leap forward. Donald Dewar, the man credited with making it happen, said, there shall be a Scottish Parliament. I like that. And so did the Scottish people. That's a brief look at how where we are now is and um, this fantastic journey. So what do we do? After the referendum result, after the week, came the realization our dream was not gone. The yes groups stayed together. though not in the same numbers, the remaining yes groups started meeting again. Slowly, they began to realize their country was not not only wanted independence, it needed to be independent. And the grassroots of the grassroots movement began to reform, such as here in Edinburgh West. All over this city, and the country started with what they anticipated would be a fairly short campaign towards the next so-called NDREF 2. <clears throat> there was a new different vigor on show. There was no yes Scotland by now, not since the day of, after the referendum, and this decision to close the Glasgow office and call it a day, which probably had one of the biggest psychological impacts on the whole movement. After all, if you lose the head of your organization in such a manner, deflation can only be expected. And so into the next six years, in which it became clearer and clearer through many events and rallies held all over the country, from Ayr to Inverness and Galashiels to Inverary, the incredible numbers of up to 200,000 people who thronged the streets of Glasgow from Kelvin Grove to Glasgow Green, and down Edinburgh's historic High Street and Holyrood Park, all through the fantastic efforts and organising by AUOB. The people began to realise that the Yes Movement had to be rekindled and we, us, the Yes Movement, were the people to do it. The Yes Movement itself, while taking part in these events and more, realised that if the cause for independence in our country was to be achieved, we have to get ourselves organized properly. And here I talk of what happened in Edinburgh, from what I gather similar ideas and directions were forming at the same time in other areas as well. For us, the idea of a regional group started to take shape four about four years ago in a pub, yes, Tanners at Juniper Green. The idea to form a Lothian grouping of YES groups. 80 people showed up from all over the area, some of whom are here tonight, and from that, the seed for Yale, YES Edinburgh and Lothians, was sown. For a long time, all we had to show for the enthusiasm generated was a closed Facebook page, which we still have and still many people use. But it was a start. Two years ago, the current Yale group was formed, which now includes 25 groups taking part plus two others. By others, I mean people like uh, the pensioners and the WFI and so on. And there's the European group as well. Our group is not boundary sensitive and includes indie supporting groups who wish to join us, such as Yes for EU. It meets approximately every six weeks, depending on what's happening. It is currently involved with con- contacting and meeting with all Lothian MPs and MSPs and our next meeting is in January 8th with an MP. The regional group is always welcoming to the new reforming groups or reforming groups while respecting their right to stay as they are at present. Not now to why we are here tonight, following the news. the new national yes network has been set up formed from regional groups such as yes edinburgh and Lothians. the idea of forming the national yes group has been mooted in conversations in pubs of course for some time as well as earlier this year by leslie Riddoch at a meeting at at craig miller at that meeting the discussion was round how a letter sent by Yes Highlands and Islands last year to all their parliamentary re- representatives was received very had received very positive results. Other regions and groups in Scotland had been circulated with the Highland Initiative, including Yale, and it came aboard with their own letter based on the Highland template to our local parliamentarians, as I've mentioned already. While all that was going on, three people, Alison Fraser from HL&I, Sharon Trish from PIN, and Pete Winfield from our camp, began formulating the idea of a national body. What they came up with was presented at some informal meetings with interested bodies and individuals. They had a timetable for setting up the body, which in the scheme of themes Seemed very short. Three people, Ian Grant, your own Ian Grant, Lynn Hasty from Haddington, and myself from Yes Pentlands, found themselves at an ad hoc meeting and in, were enthused by what they heard from Trish, uh, enough to become part of the group that started to put together the idea. However, after only three months, their drive and commitment ensured the formation of the new yet work, as I said, last Sunday morning. It is, a for, it is a group formed entirely from the Yes movement. As such, it will be run by committed, experienced yes people, from delegates elected by and from the regional groupings. They in turn, have been formed, just like YELL, from the local yes groups. As with the National Yes network, it will be an elected group. It will be an elected group, not a top-down, appointed group. It will be a big group of communication, cooperation and coordination, the three Cs. This new group is seen as filling a gap in the yes movement, which is primarily one of communication, not just among ourselves but for working with and between all other bodies, Cooperation would be at all levels within the movement in uh, helping with development, for instance. Its aim and purpose is independence, nothing else. Currently, there are six regions taking part. Northeast, which is Aberdeen area, Highlands and Islands, Yes, Edinburgh and Lothians, Angus, Borders, and Fife. Others will be encouraged to follow and join as the regions come together as a representative body. It is proposed that each region will be represented by three elected delegates, each with a vote. Funding for the group is ongoing, and as you may probably realise, it takes a lot of time. Already, there have been informal meetings with the other major groupings such as AUOB, SIC, Business for Scotland and SIF, to name but four. During the formation of the National Yes Network, a lot of valuable and important information has been gathered to help form how the group intends to proceed. At this point, it would be unfair to all to speculate how any of that can be used. These are the bare bones of the idea and purpose for the National Yes Network. And as I've tried to indicate, much of the backroom has been already done to help make that happen, particularly in the world of Zoom and hop on. Thank you for listening. I hope that's helped you.
1: Thank you very much indeed, uh, Lindsay. I notice uh, with Sharon there as well, it might be helpful just to have a few words from Sharon, if I can see you.
4: Okay, um, thank you, Lindsay, for that. I think that was a really good um, um, overview of what we've done. And, and what, she, what he talked about was how organically the Lothian groups got together. That's what's been happening all over Scotland. Um, and I think, um, yes, Highlands and Islands is a, um, a a regional network. They've been involved since about 2016 or 2017, bringing the groups together physically in the Highlands. I mean, so you can imagine people had to travel quite a bit to attend meetings of this group, but they've done it for years. Um, and so they've kind of been our model of how do you, um, how do you get local groups together um, to talk about what's going on in the local communities and to make plans for things like leafleting and getting information out. And they were the, they just kind of felt that the MPs and MSPs were not talking about independence enough. So they decided to write letters to them and say, what's your, what's your deal. And they've heard back from all of them. And they've had meetings face-to-face meetings with uh, certainly with Ian Blackford and, and uh, Kate Forbes and others. Um, so this model is not new, but what we're hoping is that other um, individual groups across Scotland can get together and form what, what is organic for them, what, what groups are around them. And it's not something that we all naturally do, but the local groups can struggle quite a bit, especially in COVID to try and do something or feel like they, it's okay to do something. But thank goodness for Zoom, we have meetings going on now all across Scotland and we have regional meetings like um, Lindsay's talking about Yale or Highlands and Islands. Um, I'm part of Perthshire Independence Network and we have, we have Zoom meetings every two weeks because we felt it was very important that we, we get to know each other and we start moving and because we don't have much time left. Um, and the model I'm part of, yes Strathairn, we just started in uh, February. And then COVID happened, and we waited a couple months, and then we started Wednesday night zooms, where all we do is just blether and it's It's an avenue for us to talk about what's frustrating us or what have we heard, or we aren't doing anything yet, but that's a lot, you know, as long as you can get to know each other and trust each other and then be ready. So part of this is being ready, um, and part of it is just making these connections that we haven't naturally had across Scotland. And I just met the most wonderful people on Zoom. And I agree with you, um, whoever was talking about how Zoom is difficult. You can't read bodied language. You, um, you don't know what else they're doing. Uh, you don't know if people are listening um, or hearing, you know. And, um, and so, and then when they, when they take their picture away, you have no idea what's going on. So um, it is a little bit challenging, but I'm really impressed with all the people that we've had on these meetings Sunday mornings. For two hours, we've had we've had uh, five of these, and uh, and people have shown up. They've participated. They've gone into work groups. They came up with the name. They came up with the purpose. And the purpose is connecting and networking. It's not campaigning. It's it's networking and connecting. Which we believe, if we can do this all across Scotland and link up all these local groups, we will be ready for a campaign. Whatever whatever needs to happen, we're linked up and will be linked up after independence. So it's it's a really good model. It's a very democratic model in, in many ways. And democracy is messy and it takes lots of time like you were saying, Lindsay, it takes a lot of time. So um, that's, that's what we've been doing. Uh, we have reached out, we, we informed the SMP that this is what we were doing. And we informed Believe in Scotland initially because we did not want to step on any toes. We knew that he was connecting with, with uh, uh, local yes groups And we wanted him to know that we were forming this that would help. It would help whatever message needs to get out, whatever needs to be mobilized. It's these existing local groups connecting up and supporting each other and and doing things together and planning together. So um, those are the first two. We certainly heard about what AULB was doing. So we set up some meetings with Andrew. Um, That's, I think that's, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else we, we were in touch with. But we now have, like Lindsay said, we have, there's seven or eight established yes networks across Scotland and more are getting together. So our goal is to get, um, you know, Scotland all crossed over, you know, that they will be um, connected all um, and in a very, very short time.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, So there we are. We've got two new movements that have started really in the last month. Although obviously the local groups were there, our local group, yes, Edinburgh West. I think we got together in 2015. So uh, and then we got a big boost with Brexit in June of 2016, when the, the bar in the in the uh, Inn was pretty well packed solid. Uh, they're not all stuck uh, with us all the time since then, but then that's not surprising. The only issue that you know a lot of people get worried about that we've got to be cohesive as well, and you know, in addition to the two that group or groupings that are here tonight, there are the Scottish Independence Convention and um, and also Egon McIntyre Kemp's organization. I mean, just Andrew. I mean, again, we'll we'll come back to Lindsay and 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 Sharon as well. But Andrew, first of all, I mean, where do you think? The role of SIC is, as opposed to this organisation, and and before you speak, yeah. I'll actually mention that Ailey said, "With your membership cards, make sure they're environmentally friendly," uh, which I'm sure you'll take note of. Anyway, I Andrew, I uh, well,
2: as I, I think, as, as I think I mentioned, as my, as I understand it, well, there's two things. I think SIC has had a a, a long and uh, complex path to get to where it is now I was talking to one of the original four co-conveners this morning uh, and and they were talking about the the weight that was on people's shoulders and how hard it was to make it work I'm minded that that, that certainly we're told that it took SIC two years to agree a constitution uh, which is not time that we have available here As I understand it, SIC is is an affiliation organization you cannot join it as an individual uh, and that probably is the distinction here, uh, in, with respect to them. But that's not to say that uh, there's not the, That's not to say that we that a, a national membership organisation wouldn't pursue uh, 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 means to uh, to to uh, increase the impact that SIC and Voices for Scotland has by bringing it more effectively to a wider range of the Yes movement. Uh, 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 and that applies to, as well. I, I used the example of Scotland, the brief uh, earlier on. I think I think there's an opportunity here to make sure that we maximise every part of the S movement, all of the components, allow them to play to their strengths. And that's a, that's a point, actually, I'll touch on. Uh, all under one banner, organises marches and rallies on the streets of towns and cities across Scotland, period, notwithstanding the COVID types. And I think there's an argument that that is what they do. They shouldn't do anything else. I think there's a very strong argument that organisations should stick to that should should operate in their either develop strengths and maximise them or should operate to their strengths and maximise them in cooperation and collaboration with other groups. And that way we get the best coverage and we get the best, we allow people to play to their strengths. Uh, and so that would be, that. Would, that's my expectation of how this would work. Uh,
1: I see a question from, I think it, perhaps I've taken it down wrongly, or perhaps it's Ailey again, Um, is asking about how are you going to ensure a diversity of people in the elected positions?
2: That's an interesting question. It's uh, So uh, it's, well, there's there's a number of aspects to it. The, The franchise for the appointments of this inaugural, not the eventual, but the inaugural National Committee, the franchise for that is people who had expressed an interest. So everyone who registered for the Assembly on the 14th of November and everyone who registered uh, for the assembly on the 22nd of November. Now, that's an odd way of putting it because the second group was a subset of the first group, but it's the way that the discussion went on the 22nd, so that's the way I'm expressing it. So there's a, there's a very clear franchise there with whom we can communicate immediately and direct directly because they had registered. Uh, and the, those who attended the meeting on the, 20, on the 22nd agreed that that should be the franchise. Uh, as for ensuring diversity, uh, that is not something that has been uh, put front and centre in the establishment of the inaugural national committee. Uh, I am mindful that uh, I, I am always exceedingly mindful, uh, speaking as a and people have heard me say this before, a middle-aged, middle-class, white Protestant, straight man, uh, uh, that uh, I do not represent the, the the country in any in any way. It's ridiculous. Uh, so. Uh, I then the the requirement for there to be diversity is is absolute and is understood Uh, in terms of it being an open process uh, and there is no there is no there is currently no regime that enforces diversity Uh, but I would say that as with everything else with this association if that is what the members wish it to do then then there will be the opportunity to make that happen we are we are we're at the very early stages of this. We've, uh, as I say, we've, we've only, we've not even, there's not even a, a national committee formed yet. Uh, but uh, the plan is to move very at pace to a position where that inaugural committee stands down because they have done what is necessary to get the organization standing up. That's a terrible way of putting it. Uh, uh, and at that point, uh, uh, under, 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 and the initial constitution will have been agreed by the members at that point, uh, by the, by the, by the by, those who attended and voted
1: uh, at that point,
2: but then it will move on and it will grow quickly. Once, but it's about getting the getting the phones in place quickly.
1: What about? Uh, thank you. Uh, what about Lindsay and, and Sharon? How do you think uh, the network is going to fit in with, um, you know, Yes Alaba or whatever it calls? Do you see? You know, obviously when you set up into motion the establishment of the network, you perhaps didn't entirely uh, anticipate um, that you'd have this different organization forming from a, a different direction. Do you, How do you see that uh, you're going to um, relate to Yes Alba in due course?
3: <clears throat> and I'll, I'll just say a few words, and then maybe Sharon will. Well, I'm sure Sharon will want to say something as well, if nothing else, to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see I see the uh, uh the the national yes network as just that. It is the networking group for yet the yes movement. Uh I I don't I currently I don't have any vision beyond being just that. Um the details of how it'll be all set up. Uh, i e with with its whether it even has committees or whether it even has a constitution are still to be decided but it'll be decided with uh, uh i think i would be right in saying either an interim group to form the- main group from uh, uh similar to what uh, andrew's talking about uh but it's it's only aim it's only it's only resin d'etre, if you like, is, is independence. Uh, uh, in my view, it's all to do with that. Uh, and other other organizations uh, that we've talked about, uh, I've mentioned pensioners and so on. And there's a myriad of groups out there. But while while they are they are welcome, uh, I would I would envisage them being welcome through regional groups to be part of the yes the main yes group the network the yes network group is that what you would think Shannon um,
4: I think you said it perfectly I I know there's um, there's an anxiety amongst the the yes movement that we're too late that we're not moving quickly and certainly you know when I started talking with people about this it, it's something we should have done last year the year before it You know, these groups were here, but we just, we needed something to push us. And I guess for me, it was uh, Leslie Riddle talking at the National Yes Registry Conference. And what she said was, uh, or training, she said, the Yes Movement has incredible power. We have no idea how much power we have. And and when people said, you know, well, there should be a figurehead. And you know what? If there's a figurehead, they get shot down. The, The beauty of this network is that it's all of us. And we're all over the country and we all have voices. And, and that's Scotland. That's the, the sovereign people of Scotland. It's not one person talking for all of us and telling us what we should do. So I think that uh, Lindsay is absolutely right. It's a network. And and, and this network will decide what they're going to do um, based on listening to the people on the local level and these yes networks that are the, the, the conduit between the national. So um, we still have lots of work to do to set those up. But I think um, if we've got them set, the, set up, it doesn't matter what's happening. We have these connections and, um, you know, we can m- mobilize very, very quickly with people we know um, on the local level. So I absolutely believe in local level connecting with other local level and not so much vertical. But that that's a model. So I don't know. And I, I don't know. And I think it's up to the national network to to figure out how they work with these other entities. Sometimes I get a vision where I can see it all connecting and then sometimes I can't. So I think we're all probably like that. We know in the end um we need to work together to get this to happen, to get us over the line and into an independent Scotland. Thank you. Okay.
1: Where do the parties fit in, uh Lindsay and Sharon in, in the network? Um
3: uh, this this uh the new network uh is separate from uh, there's no party allegiance in any way at all any party Uh, and I think there's there's nothing more to say on it that's that's the plan It'll have no allegiance to any party and
2: and and yes Ian as you were saying the intention for this national membership organization is a one-to-one relationship between members and the organization Uh, obviously in terms of communicating outwards uh, you would use people who have the best connections and the best links in sectors or industries or whatever. But in terms of in terms of the in terms of distinguishing uh, a national membership organisation from everything else, uh, it is a it's a membership organisation, not affiliation. So if, if members of different groups wish to join the national membership organisation, then that's fine. But that they join as individuals.
1: Yeah, that's a, a sort of distinction from the SIC where. The Greens are represented as such. The SNP are represented as such. But the other parties I don't think are represented, which seems uh, kind of unfair. I, I don't know if they've worked that out uh, as yet. Somebody asked also about what's happened to the India app and is that not a way to connect? I don't know who can uh, fill us in about the India app.
2: I'll say I, this is just my view, but what uh, I've been told—or sorry, it's not my view—it's what I've been told. For whatever reason, the indie app d- does not is not generating the amount of traffic over it that would that would make it a success. Uh, very very few people, uh, not enough people, are using it, and that's that's the current problem.
4: Can I can I say something? Um, we have had contact with Jason a couple of times, and Jason is intending to launch in December, um, and. Uh, I think many of us agree. If we used it, we would get used to it. That's the problem. Is it's not that people aren't using it now; it's that it's not ready yet for us to use. And I know many of us have been frustrated with this. But we see Jason, and what his what his work has done is essential to these connections. Um, and I mean, you know, AUB uses the the map on the the, the website. But if you choose a, a local group, you have to get back to joining and registering in India. So before we Start using it, or or say we're not going to use it. I think we need to certainly have conversations with uh, with Jason, and we do plan to have another one. This will be our third with him. So,
1: okay, good. Uh, I, I see another uh, chat me- message from Keith Bramall up in Caithness. Uh, it's nice to uh, hello to Caithness. Uh, saw nice pictures of the Aurora Borealis on Twitter yesterday. Was it? Um, Yes, Caithness are, like everybody else, getting a bit frustrated, tired and angry, and so they are in the process of getting our big boards ready to be placed in different Mm -hmm. locations in the county. And you see here's another issue, Oban has been uh, building up a poster library uh, and uh, which you can join and and have um, big uh, banners if you like, which you can then put it at the corner of your garden or whatever, um, uh, and and share it around. And these are these are the sort of ideas that can be shared around the network. Um, are there any? Oh, just just one thing else, um, Andrew. Uh, if anybody here in the audience, uh, on the Zoom or in the Facebook, fancies standing for your committee, uh, they've got till twelve noon tomorrow. Is that right?
2: So the 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 franchise uh, for that process is limited to those who had expressed an interest in participating in the two uh, in the two two meetings. So it's not a it's not a public uh, uh, vote in that sense. Uh, Not least because I mean, organising this vote has been quite a considerable challenge. Organising a public vote would have been nothing's impossible, but it would have been very difficult. So we've taken a process in terms of getting this going to funnel people's energy to getting it going and then it'll be opened up uh I, one would anticipate that the next national committee which would run for a year or so uh, that that would be subject to much what it would have to be subject to much wider elections but again within the, within the membership
1: somebody was bursting to stand could they stand
2: not the, if if they participated in i if they were registered to participate in either of the two assemblies then yes okay that's
1: grand fine um uh, I don't particularly want to, to to stray onto the politics of it all, and uh, because there have been questions about section thirty orders, and uh, there's also been questions about about uh, the other new list parties. Has Andrew have you spoken to Keith Brown or members of the SNP about?
2: Well, there, there's a number of aspects to that, but I'll be very quick. So Ian Blackford uh, participated in the. Oh. First of the assemblies, and is you can see him on YouTube, saying that he supports the idea of a national membership organisation. Uh, so we have his involvement. Uh, others in the SNP are aware of what's going on. Our approach has been to make a public offering, uh, if you will, to provide a uh, provide a, a space in public for anybody and everybody to come forward, uh, and uh, and so we've tried to be as democratic and as and as simple as that. But the was certainly in black. After the after uh, after his uh, his uh, I was going to say grilling that's too strong after his uh, his live Q and A with Leslie, uh, I think he's in no doubt.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I've got comments here from Facebook from Barry Hanniford, who's another local member. Uh, to ensure that this is no more than another bubble and talking shop, if there are two key steps to independence how can this organization or movement contribute to each he has uh, seven steps um Hannah, seven steps seven sorry i can't read oh gosh i'm, I'm going to go, have to go through all this keeping the snp focus on independence uh holding their feet to the fire given the workings of the of the the you know the whole system Uh, how do we work to ensure list candidates given the duplicity of the British state, how do we work to ensure substantial presence of international observers at Holyrood and India F2, how do we ensure that the SNP and other pro-Indy parties have a clear manifesto commitment to progress independence, how do we campaign to ensure the largest possible support for both India F2 and independence at Hollywood 21. How do we ensure we protect Scotland's resources and have a clear, agreed timetable for progress uh, once India F2 is won? Uh, my goodness. Seven, expecting dirty tricks from the UK state, establishment, and media. How do we make certain of a clear win on India F2? Now, to be honest, uh, I don't know how I'm going to ask you to answer, address all these. But what I could say, I suppose, is, first of all, for the uh, Lindsay and Sharon, um, how do we, you know, concentrate the SNP perhaps back onto the the main objective of independence? And then I'll come to and ask Andrew where he thinks his or Yes, Alba, could also contribute to that. Do
4: you want to go first, Lindsay?
3: OK. Um so quite a mixed question, a difficult question. Well, I'll
1: just concentrate on the on the basic question. What he's really saying is we've got to make the SNP get off its backside and get organized.
3: I, I think if we're all looking at what what's being discussed here tonight between both organizations, uh, they they are currently thinking and working the way they are, because of the perceived lack of uh, effort by the political parties uh, towards uh, independence. Uh, uh, there's loads of evidence for thinking that, uh, whether political parties like it or not. Um, for the. I think it applies to all parties, whether they're old parties like the SNP or new parties like the ISP. Uh, The same thing applies. If you say you're an independence party uh, and you are working as an independence party, then do so. Uh, And uh, the Yes Movement uh, is here to help, to be part of, to be really involved. We're the foot soldiers, if you like. Uh, of whatever goes on for the next referendum, whatever it might be, uh, but I think it's important for our network at least uh, to be not drawn in to being supportive of any parties at all uh, even, even whether it's through its membership or how it does things, uh, working with by all means, goodness me uh, the 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 political side is the vehicle for the whole thing, whether we like it or not uh, but we uh, the yes movements uh, are the foot soldiers. We are the people that galvanize people. politicians go out of their way not to galvanize people currently anyway, some of the stuff I was reading today was horrifying uh, mm-hmm. so that's Andrew. that's the role that I
2: for. Them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think I think that's, I completely agree with what Lindsay's saying. The purpose in a national membership organisation is to obtain, is to secure independence. Part of that is by demonstrating the size uh, and enthusiasm, I'll put it in those terms, of the movement uh, and those that comprise the movement and bringing their voice uh, together, as I said, joining it together and amplifying it uh, and directing that voice uh, in whatever direction is necessary in order to secure independence. Uh, and so, especially with no party affiliations at all, and it being a direct uh, being a direct membership organization, I think that gives it, 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 it on the one hand, it, it, it brings, it, it has strengths and weaknesses to it, obviously, but one of the strengths is that it becomes very easy to say, this is what the people would like, please, get
1: on with it. Yeah. Any other words on that?
4: Oh, I'll pipe in. Yeah. Lindsay was right. I'm not. I just. I always have things to say. If this is an organized network of yes groups, we can do whatever we want. But mm-hmm. um, there are lots of things going on within the um, the membership of the SMP that maybe people don't know about. And so I think we need. If we hear about that, we need to certainly utilize it and and support it. But. Um, there are things we can do. And, you know, if I think about Highlands and Islands, just writing that simple letter, and it, it just got fire under their MPs and MSPs. You did the same thing, Lindsay, Yale wrote a, a different version of the letter, and, and they have got their MPs are like, oh, okay, I better, you know. And what I found is that um, I don't think they really understand grassroots, and they certainly don't understand the YES communities, because they're a political party, and so I think if you're focused on on politics and elections and things like that you're not necessarily going to see this other side you see the same people maybe at SMP things and they're also in yes yes stalls and things like that um, and yes we wear a couple of different hats many of us but um, if we um, if we organize around action that that. That helps people see this. I mean, there's letters that can be written all over the place, and we just don't understand that letters work. They don't just work in newspapers, they work in other ways. These massive things, for example, what you guys are doing, AULB is doing with the uh, uh, EU for Yes, and the picture holding up a a sign, and then publishing that, it's it's a very simple thing, but that's the kind of thing that I think yes groups are doing anyway, like um, the guy from Cape Ness was talking about putting up the big boards. That's what we need to see. And for a while there, it's gonna be candidates. You know, we certainly will see these signs for candidates because that's the first hurdle is is making sure that this election happens before Holyrood. But in the meantime, we still have people that want to do much bigger things than candidates Um, And so I think we need to do it as much as we can from the local level, as much as possible, but connecting to others so that we can, we can make it a concerted effort. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Galaxy A40, uh, whoever he or she is uh, says, leave the process to the politicians for the yes movement. There's only one key step to independence. Convince many more Mm -hmm. of our fellow citizens that it's better to be independent. Uh, yeah. I guess most of us would agree about that and there are various components to what we do along these lines um, and uh, these movements will be able to help. One other thing, I guess, the SNP might get a little bit uh, worried that, uh, uh, Andrew, that your organisation might uh, uh, sort of take some of the the money away, but I, mean, I suppose that's one of these things that... Uh, Will work itself out in due course. Yes.
2: Yes. We, we, you know, the, the purpose in the organisation is not to defund any or any other organisation, uh, but uh, but your point's well
1: made. Yeah. And then uh, Joyce, everyone says we can, uh, we can convince people by the bucket blow, uh, bucket full, but without a date to work towards, we could be plodding along in 2020 in Brexit Britain, or well, 20, it'd have to be 2021, I guess with Scotland's wealth depleted um, so
2: well, whilst Alison's joining I'll just amplify the point that that uh, that Sharon made if you have a look at today's national there's an article uh, by Leslie Ruddick talking about a campaign uh, uh, associated with the imposition of a of either a hard Brexit or a useless Brexit against the will of the people of Scotland uh, and so please, that campaign is starting at the moment but people are pleased to be encouraged to participate in that. It's a great idea and it's very straightforward. Alison, I'll shut up, sorry.
5: I'm just going to make the point that we're in a very different position than we were in 2014 when, you know, Alexander announced we were having a referendum and we all got together and started campaigning from, like, 2012. This time, our roadblock is to actually get the chance to have a campaign. As somebody, I think it was Joyce, that said about, you know, we need a date which I do agree with. You don't have a project unless you have a date. So, you know, it's random series of tasks at that point. But what we have as a network, and I think we need to be aware of our strength, is organisation gives you power. Organisation gives you momentum. And the politicians are there at the pleasure of the electorate. And I don't think we should forget that. And the more we organise, the more a momentum for change we create. It happens all over the world in politics. It used to be called the mailing list. We are now calling it the network. But if we can galvanise and energise across Scotland, then they cannot ignore us. Now, there's lots of things that we, and I know um, National Yes Registry, India, has been mentioned. There's lots of, although we have been talking to the guys and we're aware of it, and many of us were on the training, et cetera, it's interesting that we both independently came to the same conclusion of what was needed, what the gap was. And the reason that is, is because we both went through the exercise of, what, what did we do well in 2014? What did we not do well? What could we have done that we've learned in the six years since for a lot of these groups that have continued to be active? You know, what could, we have, what could we do now? What do we know now that we didn't know then? And this is where it comes to the network, the hierarchical structure called bottlenecks in the distribution of materials for the sharing of ideas. We did amazingly well, considering we didn't have, you know, an actual network. Catalonia is often mentioned, Catalonia have an exceptionally you know, proficient network that can get a million people on the street. That is what we need to create. We need to create the momentum. And to do that, we need no barriers to entry, not a political party barrier, not a financial barrier, not a, any barrier except, I mean, all you need to enter, to onboard is a group with an email address that's generic, you know, so that we can connect you regionally, locally, regionally, and nationally. And, you know, at that point, it becomes a really powerful machine, you know, a, a political machine to drive the, the political, um, you know, enabler, an enabler rather than, than a machine to drive the, the, the politicians and let them see what it is we need them to do. So I think that is that is where the groups differ. I, I created a, a diagram, which I've shared with some people who are on here, of a jigsaw. And how the whole independence movement the landscape looks and how we all need a value product something that's a unique value product into the movement because we've still got lots of gaps but we don't want to duplicate effort so we need to be really cognizant of the as is and what we need and how and focus on filling those gaps because there's a lot of amazing creativity and energy out there but if we want to play as a team, we have to not all be running after the ball. We have to cover the entire field. And that is one of the kind of key things that we are trying to do. What I would say is, for our interaction with, with Andrew and AOUB, it's in, and Gordon with you know, Believe in Scotland and you know whatever else, the one thing I think we all agreed is we don't want to have any affiliations because we see that as a barrier. But it's the interfaces, the parts of the jigsaw that connect, that's the bits we need to work together. How can we all help each other move this whole thing forward? And th- that's really all I really want to say. A network is created so that you cannot cut the head off it. You know, every, it's its a branched network that you can add to and make it as easy as possible for new people. And the more doors, you know, my, my group is whole re- raising debt, but rising is a wider door, a longer table. On the same premise, we need many doors for people to come in whether it's Young Mums for Indy or EIS for Indy, as we said earlier on, or, you know, like we've got Pensioners for Indy, which is fantastic. But, we, you know, wherever people meet like minds, come together. But the common purpose is independence and not to defocus from that because we simply don't
1: have time. Well said. Excellent. Um, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting uh, end to the year and start of next year for... Lots of reasons uh, for uh, what happens with Brexit, and I shouldn't laugh because I think it could be terrible, really, Uh, but there's, you know, all the organisation going on, and we hope that uh, by the spring of next year that we might be much more out in the streets and uh, uh, campaigning and, well, possibly canvassing might take a wee bit longer, but certainly leafleting and and certainly uh, street work and street stalls and, and, and marches might not be too far away in the future as well. Um, so I think probably we'll wrap up there. I'll just, I'll just nip in with um, to, to follow up on Terry's question, because that was came from Facebook, I think, about was Yes Alba the name? And Andrew had answered him to say, no, does not yet have a name. Yes Alba is just shorthand. All that remains for me... Is thanks for joining us. Thank you for those folk who are come on from around the country. Uh, nice to see that Keith Ness is uh, represented and Perthshire and Stirling and and and, and whatever. And uh, thanks especially to the speakers. Uh, thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Lindsay, and thanks also to Sharon and and to Ali for 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 for. Uh, Uh, joining and giving their views on the matter. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to Indy Live Radio, Yes Group Spotlight Programme, which this week featured the Yes Edinburgh West group. We just want to say thank you very much to them for allowing us to share their audio from their meeting with all of you. If you'd like to hear of the latest situation for the National membership organization yes alba have a look on our sound clyde channel and you'll find an interview there again with andrew wilson just bringing us a little bit up to date about recent developments